starting this thing off, and I, I, f- I already feel so cantankerous. I'm already so upset. So um, cantankerous? <laughs> cantankerous? You, you are a person who says, like, you would do a lot of abreaves, but one of yours is cank. Yeah. You're like, ah, I'm canking. It's a... <laughs> is it like a problem with you? Do you get more canks than the normal person? Yes. Well, I get... I just... If you're somebody who gets a canker sore... It's uh Is it like kidney stones where like once you have one you're eighty percent more likely to have another one? No, I think it's a genetic thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it, like not everybody canks? No. My dad doesn't, my mom does. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I got it from her. All my sisters do. You got your legs from your dad and you got the canks from your mom. I got I got two exact things from my father. Thankfully he doesn't listen to the show because I think it offends him when I talk about this. But if like this is one of those things where I'm just, I'm like, I feel like I need to whisper it. <laughs> You're on a microphone. I know. But my dad doesn't listen to this. He never will. Nah. Why would he? Anyways, nah. that's a whole other thing. But he. Uh, Somebody else did the show. My dad. Yeah. My dad's 5'10. He is very. He's he's as white as can be. He's got strawberry blonde hair. He's like the whitest guy ever. He doesn't. He's as white as Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's. Golly. Yeah. He's. It's just. It's just funny. And, you know, if, if we were standing side by side, you would have no, there's no reason why you would think that we're related, not much less that he's my father. Yeah, not at which all. Which is so, if you saw my mom, you'd be like, well, that makes a lot of sense. You yeah. all, she, you know, she's a five foot two version of you. <laughs> I don't know how I'm six three. Those people have never seen me are like, where did you come from? Uh, you exploded out of your Rosie O'Donnell face. Yeah, wow. Yeesh, deep cut there, Leezer. But I got exactly two things from my dad. One is his sneeze. So, like, if you heard my dad sneeze and you heard me, I know that sounds funny. If you heard me sneeze, it, it's not, a, I don't think it's like a, yeah. maybe it's a learned trait. I think it's a genetic, I'm, I'm assuming it's a genetic, I need it to be a genetic thing. It's not a cry for help. That's for and, sure. Yes. <laughs> Golly. And I got exactly his legs, except his are about eight inches shorter than mine. <laughs> so like, if you saw a picture from the waist down of us, like in a pair of shorts, you'd be like, Oh, they're related. You're just more olive skin. I'm just than tanner. Yeah, yeah. And if you heard a sneeze, you would say like father, like son. But otherwise, when he's holding your son, you're like, that's definitely that guy's grandson. Yeah, it's so interesting how genetics work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like a lot of your dad's things just skipped you, and and like, they were waiting for Jude. I got my dad's full head of hair. Yeah, I got his inability to grow a beard. Although he can grow one much better than I can, which is funny. <laughs> It's so interesting, but my child got his color hair. It's so interesting. So we were talking about a high school friend of ours who, like, it's amazing. Like, he has like a he he has the exact haircut of Jim Carrey's character in Dumb and Dumber, but he looks amazing in it. Mm-hmm. It's like they did it as a as a goof. Yeah, but he just looks amazing in it. Yeah. And then Thomas made the comment that <laughs> that he has watched Dumb and Dumber forty eight times. That has to be such a specific number. Mm-hmm. Well, so when I was a kid, I played travel baseball, which meant from about age six to age 13, yeah, every weekend from April through the end of August or through the end of July, then again, September, October, I was gone. Atlanta, out of Nashville, town, Charlotte, everywhere in the Southeast, just, and I, you know, you either ride with my dad or I would ride with my friend and his his mom's van had a TV in it. Oh, luxury. And we had we had about three movies that we flipped through, <laughs> which is just... And the, the spectrum is really funny. Okay, let's so go. So it was uh, Dumb and Dumber, okay. which there was one scene in that movie that we would watch on repeat. <laughs> and it's when they're walking through... Uh, Harry is walking down the road through, like, Kansas. Okay. 
and it's it's the scene where he says, "Just when I think you couldn't mess up anymore, you, or you go and completely redeem it, or whatever." Yes. Harvey says, "It's incredible." Yeah, but it's Harry or Lloyd has traded in the Mutt Cuts van for that little moped, <laughs> and this thing happens that had to just be like ad lib, like didn't mean to happen, but the moped backfires while he's driving yeah. and he like swerves and he he should have fallen off and he did and he it. he saves it. Yeah. And he just screams the word, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you go and watch it now, you're going to be like, that's hilarious. I don't know how they kept it up. So we'd watch that on repeat. We would watch Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights. Wow. Nonstop. Just run it back. Did, they, did he sing the Hanukkah song in that movie? No, not that I can remember. Man. It may have been like a credit, you know, like yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. credit scene thing. Um, and then we would watch, uh, gosh, what was it? It's it's like Austin White's favorite baseball movie. I, th- I can't remember what it's called, though. It's about the, the kids in Chicago who, uh, maybe it's Keanu Reeves. I could be wrong about that. Oh, okay. But like, they make a baseball team on the south side of Chicago. Nice. One of them ends up getting shot. It's really sad. We're going to the south side of Chicago on Monday. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Well, th- this was this is a relevant conversation because in a different text thread, like we, a couple of – T and a couple of our buddies have a text thread where we just talk about the Vols, and we, we spare other people from joining it just because it's a lot of Vol talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we did, a, we did a survey started by Rob, of course, because this is one of Rob Logan's gifts is just like your, like your Mount Rushmore movies and your Mount Rushmore – um, uh, albums. And, um, and then once I finally collected my thoughts and had time to stop during my day and and think about it, I dropped mine in and then I added the category of TV shows. Mm. And (laughs) I just love, like everybody's putting these like prestige drama TV shows. I mean, I, I threw like, I threw like Peaky Blinders in there and, you know, and, and, (laughs) And Rob throws in like the Sopranos and which I'm super interested in because I've never, I don't have, never watched it, I don't have the HBO. Rob is all well, about so it. So it, it's awesome. Like it's one of those things. I was glad he did it because yeah. in different text threads, I'm in three different group chats with Rob at least. No, more than that. Cause the young life team one as well, but he will throw Tony Soprano gifts in and I never get them. Like I get that. Mm. I get that he's a mob boss, but I don't get, I just feel yeah. like, oh, there's something really funny here yeah. in Clutch about Rob's sense of humor that I'm missing because I, because I don't know I the know. show. I'm just picturing Rob in like a just like, <laughs> but I can't, I can't, I can't think of Mob Boss without thinking of uh, uh, Marlon Brando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I need Rob to be in like a sweet jumpsuit. It just like <laughs> sweet. That's how I picture Mob Boss. It's just a reason. velour yeah. Adidas tracksuit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, so people are naming all these prestige dramas, and Thomas drops in there with SpongeBob seasons one through four and King of the Hill. Hold up. Okay, King of the Hill was honorable mention. It did not stay in my oh, favorite. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I cannot believe that turned into a roast. It wasn't. No, it was just fun. Think about how many laughs I've provided I, no, you yes, in nine-minute segments. I love SpongeBob. It but is, I was also surprised you didn't drop Bluey in there, dude. Chill. That's it. Maybe in twenty years, maybe. But this is this is what I'm saying. Okay, I, that was the show I watched with my father as a kid. Okay. Yeah. 
So you can add okay. legs. <laughs> sure, Look, I wasn't buddies. roasting. I like SpongeBob. It wasn't like the roast that Rob just did this morning where he told a four and a half minute story. And like he, he literally I got blindsided by it. I did not I kept waiting for him to turn it and I never I couldn't see it. We, Rob was telling us a like, four and a going? half minute story and all it oh, the the whole thing it was meandering and I'm like, all right, I, I love this dude, I'm gonna listen to this story. And then the whole thing is so that he could he could roast Thomas for that period of his life where he gave up coffee to drink that embalming fluid, uh, mud water. <laughs> A mushroom coffee. <laughs> Good night. And we're, I'm listening to this whole thing, and it's like I could see that the 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 the, the thing was four minutes and thirty four seconds, and at four twenty eight, all of a sudden he cracks himself up and just lands a haymaker on Thomas's I face. I could not see it coming. <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't know where he was going with it. I just knew he because I saw him. This is amazing, by the way. Like Rob and I. Rob had the gumption. We we drop our kids off at the same time at the same daycare on Monday and Wednesday. And I'm sitting there like, you know, making silly faces at his precious little daughter. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, by the way, have you listened to that voice message yet? Oh, gosh. And I was like, no, I haven't. I'm, I'm going to do it as soon as I get in the car. He baited you. Yeah. He, no, he was just like, you know, he's like, hey, I, the first half of it, I just was encouraging you. But then I roasted you a little bit. <laughs> and it wasn't a little bit. Like, he like. I mean, you were ground zero for like, like the atomic bomb. No, it was such a bait and switch. Like, oh, I'm gonna build you up for yeah, and then four minutes and twenty five seconds, and, and then for three like, seconds, I got to hand it to Thomas. Thomas recommended me a great podcast. Great it's podcast. been so much fun to listen to. And then boom, mud water. Yeah. <laughs> and like, how how long of your life did you drink mud water instead of coffee? It was probably, like a short period. It was right? probably like four months. If I had to guess. It was until Jude was born, and then I realized I can't. This is unattainable. You'll never live it down. No, and, but I I mean, I'll say it. I'll probably go back to it at some point. <laughs> I, it was yummy, and it worked. I don't know why this is such a difficult thing. Gosh. We all have our things. And yes, maybe I have more than others. It's fine. Maybe I included SpongeBob. But Lee, there's something about sitting on the couch with your father as a young boy. Mm. When Mr. Krabs and Squidward send a young fry cook wannabe to the grocery store <laughs> and say they send him on a, a fool's errand for a spatula with port and starboard attachments and and buddy, he's flipping through the aisles, can't find it, and he comes back and rescues the day because you know why? Those dang anchovies hopped off the bus. Wow. And they just wanted a burger and nobody could do it fast enough except for a little square SB. yellow dude. Wow. And the whole show kicked off. It's pretty fantastic. Um, welcome to Ancient and New. We are at scant 11 minutes and 19 seconds into the pod. And um, a, a cool thing happened yesterday to me, and, and I want to um, take our time with it. Um, a couple of high school guys wanted to meet me for lunch. That's not an odd thing. That's the kind of thing that happens to us. And <laughs> I, n- that would never come across as odd to me. Yeah. But if people didn't know what we did and yeah. they found out these are two adults with kids. Yeah. Talking about the Bible. Right. They would be like, wait, 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 wait. you had lunch with a high schooler. Yeah. No, no, that's what, well, it's our job. Yeah. It's Who our job. Do? I'm we, a youth pastor. Yeah. We do outreach to Lisa recovering to youth pastor. <laughs> I can't. 
that's the funniest thing I've ever said. <laughs> oh, gosh. How are we going to do this? Oh, shoot. Oh, guys, we got to pull it together. Eve Sarah listens to this show. Oh. <laughs> anyway, a couple high school guys. <laughs> Yoshi hasn't laughed once. No, come on, dog. Um, anyway, um, a couple of high school guys want to have lunch, and I'm like, I'm coming up with a couple places we can meet. I can't even look at you. <laughs> we both have tears. I'm literally weeping. <laughs> oh. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm coming up with a couple of places we can go in Oak Ridge to lunch, and they're like, no, we want to come over to your house. We got some stuff to talk about. I'm like, whoa, okay. So I go to the grocery store instead, and I make pasta and and oh and some veggies and some brownies and have them over to the house. So they come over, and um, and one of the guys just says, like, can I just like we sit down usually with high school guys it's like you got some music playing you're talking about the football game or whatever mm. and you hope you can drive it to something important and literally one of these guys just goes okay can i just ask you some bible stuff and i was like yeah yeah dude Let's absolutely go. um and he said okay he was like look i'm kind of new to this what's the deal with the 10 commandments mm. and i was like what and he's like what's the deal with the 10 commandments man like what what's the deal we following these, we on the hook for these, like, what is the deal? Mm. And it was just one of those things where it was like, if, if my life was a TV show, I would turn to the camera and like wink and be like, it's on. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. <laughs> it's like, this is just like, it's like record scratch. Yeah. Yep, that's me. <laughs> but in like a good way. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like literally I'm holding a bat yeah. and somebody yeah. like just under like, you know, it's it's like the slowest softball pitch of all time, right, 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 in slow motion. So, basically, I wanted to look at two places: one um, in Deuteronomy thirty-one, and one in Romans chapter three. Okay, okay. So let's look at Ooh. Deuteronomy thirty-one first. So we're going back to the we're going to the we're going to the the uh, the Torah, baby. Let's go, baby. Hmm. Um, Deuteronomy, by the way, it's the uh, it's the fifth book in the Bible. It is the farewell speech of Moses. Moses mm, is yeah. about to die. He has led the nation of Israel. He's about for, to wander off and like yeah, like a cat just going to wander off and. Do cats do that? Oh yeah, you've never had pet cats when no. they're when they're ready to go, they just walk away and, and they make it easy on you. <laughs> what? Like I would say, like seven out of ten cats who are going to decease. Wow. They they just. They just go. You're like, okay. Bye. <laughs> and you know, they just they just find a place and they die. Wow. I'm serious. I, I, I know this this seems lighthearted, but it's kind of sad. But it's also it became morose. It's actually kind because you're like, okay. For someone with the emotional capacity of me, it's a kind thing because I just know. I don't like, have to say goodbye. You did your thing, except for our one cat that just died twice. <laughs> Anyways, different what? story. Okay. Um. So. I wanted to show I wanted to show this this dude a couple of things about the um, about the Ten Commandments. One, um, just as a just as an aside, whenever you're reading the Bible and you see the law, the phrase the law, mm -hmm. that's referring to the Torah or the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. The Book of Deuteronomy, like I was saying, this is Moses' farewell speech. He had led Israel for forty years. You know, they they broke out of slavery in Egypt and. 
uh, wandered in the desert for 40 years, all under the leadership of Moses. And then he's going to die and the leadership is going to pass to Joshua. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so he's giving his farewell speech. That's what the book of Deuteronomy is. Um, <clears throat> swan song. Okay. There's a, da, 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 da. this is Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 19. This is the Lord talking. Now write down this song and teach it to the Israelites and have them sing it so that it may be a witness for me against them. So, okay, this is a really interesting thing. Um, But, um, okay, and then I'll show you another place where it says basically the same thing. Uh, 24, after Moses finished writing in a book the words of this law, there you go, Ten Commandments, and the other 42 and some other ones. From beginning to end, he gave this command to the Levites who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Take this book of the law and place it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God. There it will remain as a witness against you. For I know how rebellious and stiff-necked you are. Mm. Okay, so... So cool. So cool. Okay. Um, and, and then I want to show you one other place in Romans chapter 3. I don't know why I took my glasses off. I still need these. Um, okay. Okay. Romans chapter three. <clears throat> the apostle Paul, or yeah, the apostle Paul writing to a people he had not met yet starts quoting um, Psalm 36 in like verse 10. As it is written, there's no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. All have together become worthless. All this stuff. Uh, this is Isaiah 59 or and Psalm 36 and Psalm 140. He's like combining all these things to basically make this case against human beings. Um, he goes on, uh, the, the way of the peace they do not know. There's no fear of God before their eyes. I've skipped down to 17 and 18. Okay, here's Romans 3, 19. So he is not quoting Psalms anymore. Now he is, he's come back to saying his own words. Now we know, this is Paul. Now we know that whatever the law says, the law, remember that's a high, that's like a link in our brains, mm-hmm. right? To the 10 commandments. Mm-hmm. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Mm-hmm. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. Okay. <clears throat> so I was telling these guys like, all right, if one day, like, I was like, so Christy and I bought this house that we're in and we were eating lunch in this house yesterday. And I was like, this house we're sitting in, we bought it. So we pay a mortgage and all that kind of stuff, but we own it. We can do whatever we want to it. So we can change the landscaping. Like I, Thomas and I dug up a crabapple tree and we put in a crepe myrtle and we painted the walls. We can take walls out. We can do whatever we want because we own this place. Before we owned a house, we lived in an apartment together. In an apartment, you sign a lease agreement with the person that owns the apartment. And they have certain rules, like you can or you cannot have pets. You can or you cannot paint walls. You cannot change the layout or the floor plan of the apartment because you don't own it. And you sign this agreement. I said, the thing that you need to understand about the Ten Commandments is the Ten Commandments is like a lease agreement. It's like a landowner saying to the people, the tenants who are going to live in the property, I own this place. This is how you can, this is what you have to do in order to live in my place that I own. Mm. But instead of an apartment, it was a country. Yeah. And God was saying, I own the entire world. I'm going to give you this section of it beside 
the uh, Mediterranean Sea, in between the Mediterranean Sea and the Jordan River. Yeah. I'm going to give you this little segment. And you can live there, but these are the lease agreement terms. That's what the Ten Commandments are. The, it's, it, and, you know, when, when you grow up in church the way we did, um, you, you grow up thinking, like, these are the rules you have to follow in order to please God or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, what it was was a lease agreement. God was saying, I own this place. If you're going to live here, these are the rules. Um, <clears throat> what's interesting to me is from the time that they got them, so they got the, they got the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. Deuteronomy 31, God says to Moses, write all this down, Mm -hmm. write a song about it and teach them the song and teach them how to sing the song. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of the song is to be a testimony against them for me. This is God's talking to Moses because I already know they're not going to follow the rules. So cool. Like I just, I want everybody, I want you to write a song. I want everybody to learn how to sing it. And the point of the song is before we ever, in, I'm, I'm inviting you into a relationship with me, mm-hmm. this covenant relationship, and I already know you're going to break the rules. Yeah. Like there was never any doubt. Right. And God was saying, and in fact, we're all going to have a theme song. Mm-hmm. And the theme song is, I'm faithful, you're not. Yeah. You're never going to keep these rules. So cool. It's just from the very beginning. Right. Yeah. So that, that's such a wonderful thing. If you if you really think about it, mm. because a lot of us have been raised to think you must. Come on. This is what you got right here. Yes. You gotta you gotta abide by them. You gotta do them. Um, if you're in the South at all, I would imagine you went to church. I imagine you have felt that in some way, yeah. whether that's been superimposed on you, spoken to you, however it is. Just osmosis through you. They used to give us uh, bookmarks. Yeah, if you for drive our Bibles with the Ten Commandments, right? If you drive around the area we live in, you will see like they have election. Mm-hmm. signs in people's yards, you will see the Ten Commandments in people's yards. That's right. As if to say, this is what I live by in my house. And it's like, <laughs> brother, no, you don't. No one ever has. You don't. Yeah. It, you never have. And God knew at the moment it was transcribed by his finger. It wasn't. Which is a yes. cool thing. That's very cool. Yeah. God's handwriting yeah. is on the stones, of the, which is just, just, a, just a really cool little nugget. There's a couple of cool little nuggets that yeah. you and I have read about recently. One of them being that usually when a covenant was signed, there were two copies made one for the people and one for their God. Yeah. So it's a really cool little thing that also yeah. happened within the Ten Commandments, which is awesome. But this this thing that is said right here, I know how rebellious and stiff-necked you are. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. From the moment, yeah. from, this, from the from kickstart of this. Yeah. this what, you know, there's often a question of like, why did it go this way? I get like God's plan, he, you know, he, he, he didn't, He's not omnipotent because his plan didn't work and he had to come and do the thing because, you know, like he had this grand thing and it just didn't, it didn't work and he messed up and it's like, no, 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 no. From the start. This is not a halftime adjustment. No. Jesus coming was not a halftime adjustment. (laughs) It wasn't. Oh gosh, it's 31 to nothing at halftime. We got to change the whole thing. I didn't see this coming. It's not that. That was the actual score in the Oregon, Colorado game at halftime. Oh, wow. And I think. (laughs) No, maybe in the Tennessee game too. That's what I said. Yeah, I think so. Tennessee UTSA. I think I could be wrong. But anyways, it's not that. Yeah. Because in the whole the forefront of this, God knew this is how this is going to be. Yeah, we're going to make a land agreement, which was common, and you're not going to keep it. Right. And we're all going to have a theme song for that, mm-hmm. and you're going to learn it and you're going to sing it. 
Yes. And so what you have then from that moment all the way through the rest of the march of, of human history and the Bible itself is a pattern mm-hmm. of God saves people. He invites them into a relationship with them. They fail to keep up their end of the bargain. He's always faithful to his end of the bargain. Yeah. Over and over and over again. That's yeah. the pattern of the Bible. And then... Sing about it, baby. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just go ahead and sing about it. Yeah. And then... then and that pattern continues until the pattern breaker comes. Yeah. Until God himself actually puts on flesh, mm-hmm. becomes a human being in the person of Jesus, almighty God in the person of Jesus as a human being. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, the land agreement is totally honored. Mm-hmm. Jesus lived in that land, yeah. lived in Israel, walked like hung out, made friends, had a business, like like learned things and grew and became a man yeah. in that actual land where that land agreement was drawn up mm-hmm. with Moses. And he actually kept every single letter. The 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 ten commandments, the forty-two, and then the three hundred other odd ceremonial things. Like he yeah. like he kept all of it perfectly, the first time ever. And then traded test papers with us. So then after Jesus dies, is risen from the dead, and ascends into heaven, then Paul in Romans, it's like it's like Deuteronomy and Romans are bookends of the pattern of the Bible, which is God saves people who can't save themselves. God invites them into a relationship. They completely fail to keep up the the their end of the bargain. He always is faithful to keep his. Mm-hmm. That and in between that whole pattern is bookmarked by two things. One, God saying, hey, we signed a land agreement. I want you to know I already know you're going to break it. And then on the back end of that, the other bookmark is Paul saying, now we know whatever the law says, it says to those who are under law, under the law. So, okay, and this is fantastic. Okay, so the point of the Ten Commandments, is it that we would keep them? Paul says no. The point was so that, and I'm quoting scripture, so that every mouth may be silenced. Mm-hmm. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, and here's the point of the Ten Commandments, through the law, the Ten Commandments, we become conscious or aware Mm -hmm. of our sin. The whole point was, shut your mouth, look in the mirror, and become aware that you needed me to do something for you you could not do for yourself. Ten Commandments was never about keeping them. And that's why it's so amazing when you do look at like, like when you look at the story of the uh, of the uh, rich young ruler, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I mean, he's just like, yeah, I kept, I've kept all these since I was a little kid. Precious, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can almost like in the Greek, I feel like Jesus is saying, oh, oh, buddy, buddy, looked at him and loved him, aka yeah. like he it's just the, it's the Erica Mason, oh, buddy, oh, buddy, <laughs> love his heart. Like Jesus, all of a sudden, <laughs> becomes like has Erica Mason's accent. Yeah. Oh, Love is hard. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it's so. This is this is really cool. And Paul, like, Paul felt passionately about this. Oh yeah. If you if you read the book of Galatians, you're just like, oh dude, you felt so intensely about this. And okay. because, and I think partially, I mean, a huge part of it is because it's it was the call to his life. It's what the Lord asked him to do. I think a lot of it was because he felt it on a level personally that everyone should in a lot of ways, but he lived it so intensely. He lived so hard on one end of this, like, and he, he sets it up and says, here's all the reasons why I have 
to be boastful about who I am as a human being yeah. and who I am as, as, uh, as a, as a, um, as an Israelite. Like, look at, look at all the credentials I have. Yeah. I've got it. I got all the reasons to do this. He lived it so hard on one end of the spectrum and then had his life massively impact when he had the realization of, oh my goodness, I've been wrong about this. This whole thing is such a cool, it, it, the whole the whole, the whole whole Bible, the whole story arc of the Israelites and, and the love that God had for them. If you zoom out and look at it from a thousand feet, you can see here's a nation of people continuously rebelling yeah. and being rescued by the Lord when they shouldn't have at all. <laughs> they were, you know, they yeah. every, every minute detail of it, like, uh, you know, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, this, this family here, y'all are going to treat your brother like crap and you're going to sell him into slavery. But I'm actually going to use that somehow to send y'all down there and multiply and become a nation that can actually survive in a land full of terrible people and hypocrites and all these horrible things that they're yeah. doing. Then I'm going to send you back in and, and you're going to, you know, you're going to do everything I ask you to do, except you're also going to screw up along the way. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring you back in over and over and over and over yeah. again. It, that's from 10,000 feet. If you zoom all the way down individually to your heart, you can realize, oh my gosh. I'm that same person. This has been this has been me. Well, yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought up the Philippians three stuff because at one point Paul said, as for legalistic righteousness, in other words, as for following the Ten Commandments, he said, I was faultless. Yeah. And you're like <clears throat> Yeah, you're then, like, Hello, Mark Ten. But yeah. <laughs> but then in Romans chapter seven, he's like he points out about himself. Let, let me just read it. I'm, I mean, we're just kind of hopping ab- ab- around. I'm also yeah. glad that you brought up Galatians too, because there's a place in Galatians where he says, <laughs> he says the law. Say it? Okay. Never mind. <laughs> no, there's a place in Galatians where he says the law is a curse. Yeah. It's Whew. like following the law is a curse. And then he curses other people to do something yeah. very dramatic. If Super they're intense. It's, it's crazy. He Where'd says, you say you're going Romans, Romans chapter seven. This is verse 21. Wait, no, this is verse 13. Did that which is good then become death to me? He's talking about the Ten Commandments. By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it used what is good to bring about my death, so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. Basically, he realized that he was covetous. Mm-hmm. He realized that he was not content. Mm-hmm. And then he realized, like, oh no, I haven't done anything mm-hmm. well. Um he, let's see, um, he says in 21, so I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. I delight in the Ten Commandments, but I see another law at work within me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Um <clears throat> And then he says, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. But yeah, in Galatians, he says, following the law is a curse. In Philippians, he says, oh, I thought I was perfect. Mm. And what I didn't realize is I now throw all of that stuff in the garbage. Yeah. Or rather flush it down the toilet. Yeah. Is yeah. The yeah. word that he used. Skibala. Skibala. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. It's like, now, this doesn't mean that the things in the Ten Commandments are not good things. And not right. like like obviously we shouldn't murder people right as sh- a dad and we shouldn't I bear like false to feel witness honored by my son yes and that- <laughs> yeah and 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 it's like and we should not be having sex with people that we're not married to Precisely, it's like th- yeah. these are these are big obvious things yeah. what's important here is that from and this was the thing that I really wanted to drive home for these guys was God never gave these rules 
for the purpose of you keeping them. Right. The whole thing was for you to get exposed to one fact, which is I am screwed Ooh, yeah. if Jesus doesn't come. Yeah. <laughs> without, yeah. without the work of Jesus, I am toast. Mm. I got nothing. Yeah. And that was the whole point was that you would become utterly aware. Oh man. It's like, it's like when you, when you have a team that's pretty good and you're like, you're like feeling good, feeling good. And then some, some team plays you in a way nobody else does. And it exposes like, Oh man, there is a, we have a massive problem Mm. right here at this position. And it's like, that's what it was literally just supposed to leave you defenseless and expose you Mm -hmm. so that you have no, you have no option except to say, God save me. Yeah. Which is what he's always wanted. Yeah. It's awesome. It's from the start. Yeah. Yeah. And that was what was cool about it. It was like, it's like that thing of like, Oh yeah, the human experiment totally failed. And so at the end, Paul told us, you know, you know, the 10 commandments was never about keeping them. It was always about exposing your sin. It's like, no, no, no. He said it from the beginning. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I know you're not going to keep I know these. Paul's <laughs> getting credit for things that were, I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> you just got to do a little digging. You're like, oh, Yoshi, yeah. no, don't do that. Yoshi's Lee's dog for the uninitiated. Yeah. For she hangs out with us while we were every podcast is someone's first podcast. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. I don't know about this one. I don't think we're really getting new listeners. I genuinely don't. Come on, big stretch at a girl. Why aren't our listeners telling other listeners about it? I think they are. I actually saw, uh, let's give a shout out to Haley Thompson. She posted on her Instagram story about us. Are you serious? Yeah, I thought that was really kind. Very cool. Yeah. That's very nice. We get nothing, like, for those of you listening, we don't get anything around this. We just have fun. I get this. I get to hang out with T. I get to hang out with Lee and Lee's dog, and we get to laugh till we cry sometimes. Oh my gosh. We We talk about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It was really fun. Um, guys, thanks for joining us. Um, and go Vols. Go Blue. I'm Lee. I'm Thomas. This has been Ancient and New. Well, I thought that knowing you meant walking a straight line. But what good would that do for a heart as dark as mine? I've never been so glad to be
all because of you that I am changing It's not what I can do But that you love me Well it's all because of you That I am changing Well it's not what I can do But that you